win a championship in New York. And it'll it'll immortalize you. Don't just run because things got hard because your best friend Kyrie Irving got his period and wanted to run away. Like, stay, stay here. Like, stay here and make something happen. That's what I'm saying. I just don't understand that part. Like, so to me, it's just very strange. And I'll never get why, you know, I, I have a hard time with him. He's too great to be doing this nonsense where you're jumping from team to team. It's not your team. You win a championship in, in Phoenix. You go in three. It's that's Devin Booker City, bro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you know about Benchmark? They're speaking the facts that you wanna hear. They rep a jersey, the vision is clear. Diamonds glisten like a chandelier. You know what I'm here for, like Michelle Lynch. It clutch time, we do not flinch. Real brothers, we do not switch. Hit home runs with the right pitch. Who run the city? What to do when they hating on you? I feel like Kobe 2010. Taking an L, all I need is a win. What is this business? You know how they go. You playing the seats, now it's time to grow. Tune in now, gotta be in the know. Showtime, bitch, my butter blow. We know. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Bench Mob ENT Podcast. Big three is in the building. Miles, smooth operator, Davenport. How you living? I'm doing good, you know. Being down in, at the Super Bowl, it was a revelation. <laughs> Maybe one of my teams can get there at some point. Who knows? Greg, Mr. Hot Takes, Kyrie Haterson's mayor. How you doing tonight? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Hey yo, uh, I'm good, bro. I'm good. I ain't know. I ain't know Miles team didn't make it to the Super Bowl the way he was rocking for the Eagles that week. I thought I thought the Eagles were a team. That's news to me. <laughs> oh, you traded, it's, green, it's green for a different green. <laughs> Before we started the show, I saw uh, Jalen Rose put out that every man should pay a hundred dollars for their haircuts. Yeah, I saw that. How much do you think? should be paid for a haircut no cap i had to drive 35 minutes to go get my hair cut by an actual barber and that was 52 dollars damn nah i mean what's yours so you're 65 dollars mom no no i i I can't co-sign i can't go i'm look that's the thing though even my friends who cut hair their prices went up that's the thing though everybody prices Everybody prices went up. And I know somebody that's still only charging 30. But the thing is, when I go get 30, it looked like $30 worth. Bro, I, the inflation on haircuts by barbers is ridiculous. It's it's I'm I'm not a fan of it at all. I can't deal with it. I'm never I would never pay hundred dollars for a haircut. Jalen Rose sounds like an idiot talking about everybody should pay hundred dollars for a haircut. Does everybody got is everybody got a hundred dollar haircut money? I'm about to say Jalen forgetting we not in the same tax bracket, bro. Like no way. I'm not doing that. Like I think a haircut, right, is a fair price for a haircut is like thirty to forty-five dollars, depending on what you're doing. Like forty-five dollars, and that's forty-five dollars is tops. Like I ain't willing to pay you more than forty-five dollars. You tell me, you tell me, you charging me fifty, sixty? Yo, bro, I'm, I'm not rocking with you. No way. Like I'll learn how to cut my own hair. Nigga. I'll get a mirror. I'll cut my shit. I ain't cut. I ain't going to you. Hold up. So how much do you spend? My my cuts. I yeah. spend. Forty five dollars. Sometimes I spend fifty if I give it if I if I give a tip. Like 
you know, forty five dollars. Yeah, mama's mama. Yo, shout out to my barber, AB Abdul Allen over in Jersey City at Kobe Cuts. He charged only like forty two. I tipped about like nine ten dollars. So it's only it still was only forty two. I'm not paying a hundred, but it was forty two and supreme service. I just want to know what <laughs> how much. It's too much for y'all that you walking out the chair like, nah, nah, I'm not paying that. 60, 55. If it's 60, 55 hours, I'm walking out the chair like, I ain't doing it. I, 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 my bar, I had a barber that was, that rose just raised his prices up to like $40 at the time. And I was in college and I was like, I ain't paying you $40. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. 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 I was in college, bro. Now, yes. But when college time, nah, you wasn't getting 40 out of me for a haircut. No, hey, no. You're bugging out. Like, what are you talking about? And the, the thing that's crazy, like, I appreciate the spots, like, my barber and other barbers I know of, within that 40 to 45 range, you getting more than just a cut. You might get the hot towel treatment. You're going you gonna to get more than just a regular cut than some of these barbers is charging 40, 45. And be mad quick with it, too. Like, nah, I don't care if somebody's waiting. They, like, no, take your time. Make sure everything is right. <laughs> I hate them barbers that try to rush your haircut. Don't do that. Yo, I stopped going to a barber because of that. He used to rush my cuts. And it's so funny because I see him around town and I see him in the same shop. Because I go to this, I went back to the shop where he's at because my boy cuts that shop. I don't care. I got no rap. Like, I'm getting a cut. I don't give a damn if you in there now. I don't care how awkward it is. He was, he was getting my hair crazy. And he was like, you could tell he was salty and whatever. And I'm like, bro, like, you were rushing my cuts because... It was crazy. He was watching my cuts because I didn't tip him. Bro, I was I was a freshman in college. Like, I, yeah, I'm not tipping you, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was trying to get out the mud. What do you mean? I didn't get a job. I didn't get a real job. I was slaving away at some at some uh, lawyer's office in the back in the back room. Like, what do you mean, bro? Like, so he was rushing my cuts. I had no respect for that. But uh, yeah, no, man. I mean, if you're gonna charge me sixty dollars, the workout look like sixty dollars. You got to be impeccable. I can't I can't find a blemish. And a lot of times these guys aren't perfect. So that's why I, I, don't, be, I don't even be beat. Like, I'm not beat to spend $60 on a car. I don't see why. I don't even see why. I had a, I had a barber hold, like, a, a grudge against me because I went to a barbershop down the street because oh. he was busy. So he was – I was like, it's prom. I got to get a haircut. So I went down the street to their competitor and got my haircut. So I came back, like, two weeks later to get – you know, go back to my old barber. He did he did the haircut and all that, but didn't shape me up. Didn't shape me up. It was the weakest shape up. I was like, hold up. This looked like I just walked in. Like, I don't even see a difference. So then he didn't really talk to me during the cut. I was like, oh, yeah, he's he's sick. That, you know, they always say you cheated on your barber. I'm like, that's not my fault. You were busy. So after that, I just never went back. I was like, it's, it's curtains for him. Yo, that's one of the funniest interactions with barbershops. Cause I've been to uh, one in West Orange. It was one dude that joke jacked me up bad one time. Like it looked fine at the time, came home, everything dried up. It was nothing but a scar yeah. going straight across my head. Came back the next day, dude was ready. Next week, he was like, yo, getting the same cut. I was like, nah, I'm going, man, it's right here. Joker was hot to this day. Still don't talk to me. Hot. I was like, I couldn't do it. Getting into the sports, man. Kansas City. Are we looking at a dynasty? Yeah. I mean, they've been to, what, three Super Bowls now? 
in the last five years. Yeah. And they he's two and one now. I mean, this is a team that they traded their second best player and they did better the next year. So yeah, this is a team that I think they're still gonna be in the hunt for the next five years. Probably as long as Mahomes is the quarterback, they'll be in the hunt every year. Because they'll they were saying his his deal is a, a bargain because he's getting paid less than Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, all these quarterbacks that have no business making that much money compared to him, but he did it to help the team. So I think they'll be able to keep the key pieces and, you know, they draft well. They drafted Pacheco in the seventh round, and that's how you add value to the team is you hit on those draft day steals. So. I believe in Andy Reid. I, I think if they went one more in this decade, then we could call it a dynasty. It's two and one. I think in a decade, if you win three, at least three, then we could call it a, a dynasty. He got to go one more, one win, one more, in my opinion. He got just one more win, and I think, I think he's going to do it, but I wouldn't call it a dynasty just yet. I agree with that. I think that's fair. I mean, they got the best quarterback I've ever seen in my life. I think that's the bottom line. And when you have that, and, and, and by the way, I think that's fair that, that yeah, Miles, Miles started smirking when I said that because he's thinking about Tom Brady and how everybody can get on my case. Patrick Mahomes at this point in his career, when you compare him versus Tom Brady, is actually not even close. Like he's a better play, he's a better player than Tom Brady was at this point. He's more accomplished than Tom Brady was at this point in their careers comparatively. He just is, right? The, the all pros, the the Pro Bowl selections, the I think he was first team all pro twice and then second team another year, just third, uh, another year. Um, and he's got two, what, two Super Bowls now, two Super Bowl MVPs at this point, too. Um, nah, man, at, at this point, comparatively, I, I just don't think it's that close of a conversation. And it certainly isn't close of a con- that that close when you talk about their talent level and what they're able to do on the field, like what the throws are able to make and what they're able to do for their teams. Like, I don't think it's that close. Like, uh, for real, you could watch Tom Brady and the Patriots those in, back in those years and be like, you know, is it the system or is Tom? You could have a debate with yourself about it. In this case, it you know it's Patrick Mahomes. Like, you know it's Patrick Mahomes. It's him who makes the magic happen on one leg. Like, you know that's what it is. And I'm not, you know, I'm just keeping it a stack. I'm keeping it a stack. Like, he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. Like, he, and, and it's to the, like seriously, I don't, I've never seen a better quarterback Ever. I, I, would you guys agree with that? Would you or do you guys still think that Tom Brady's the best, the greatest quarterback you guys have ever seen? I mean, at the age of 27, to have all that accomplished already, I gotta go, I gotta go Patrick Mahomes. And the thing is, like you said, he did it differently though. Imagine if Tom just had a little bit of little bit of mobility. Just okay. just just a little bit of mobility. Because it's not like Pat Mahomes is Lamar Jackson where he's running 80, 100 yards a game. No, Pat Mahomes. And it was like the last two playoff games. They took away. He gonna move around the pocket to create still a pass. And then it's the fourth quarter when he needs the most. I'm gonna go run for 20 yards. Tom Brady can never do that. If Tom Brady was a little bit mobile, just a little bit mobile, Giants would have never won those Super Bowls. Not one of them. It's true. He was sitting duck. He was sitting duck for us to go clobber. That's a good point. That's a good point. But I mean. It, I don't know if the mobility – mobility could be the deciding factor between the two of them. I mean, it easily could be, right? If he was mobile and with that accuracy, it'd be crazy. Um, but just the physical gifts that guy has, Mahomes has, and he he's not, like, physically imposing. He's not ripped. He's not Lamar. He's not, like, 
athletic in that way. He's just he's got an incredible arm, and he understands how to, he understands how to manipulate defense. He, and he does it at a, the all time level. He's the best quarterback up until this point. The most talented quarterback I'd ever I'd ever seen in my life was Aaron Rodgers. Now that's that's Patrick Mahomes. But now you have a blend of him being the the best quarterback in terms of just pure ability, and also him being just incredible, like a killer out there, like just a guy who wins who wins no, no matter what. That's Mahomes. So right and, now, and the thing is too, like people would give in this discussion, like Noah and others. I've heard Tom Brady's uh, his IQ. The thing that's scary is Pat Mahomes still is getting smarter, getting better. This is off of, like you talking about, the skill and the raw talent. Imagine wins. Pat Mahomes gets to that point where he just dissecting defense like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning did. That's going That's going to be another, a whole other level. Facts. On, the, on the, the culture front, if you Eric B. Enemy, you stay or you trying to go get another OC job? If I'm him, I'm staying. I'm waiting it out till Andy Reid retire. He ain't gonna be waiting for so long. He's got to leave. He has to leave at this point. Like before another OC job. Well, because I'm, I'm curious if people think it's him or it's Andy Reid who's really making all this work in Kansas City. And what would you guys think? You think it's Andy Reid or it's the enemy? I think it's a. I think it's a combination of both. I think they work together. All right, well, then test it out. Go to a different team. And, like, if he goes to the Redskins, because I know he's Redskins, the commanders, if he goes to the commanders and becomes the OC and he's able to turn the fifth-round rookie from last year into something worth something, then that's when the the head coaching jobs will start rolling in. Because right now that's the thing. He's kind of in Andy Reid's shadow. Like, it's a big, big shadow. I didn't mean that like to be funny, but he's in the shadow of Andy Reid because he's this great coach. And usually with these great coaches, you think that it's mainly him. And he's an offensive mind that you know you believe in. But for him, yeah, he's gotta he's gotta go somewhere else. I, I would agree. I mean, I, I the question about who is it who's more responsible for the success. I'm going to say it's Andy Reid. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, does that excuse, you know, guys from not giving this guy a chance? No, because I think white coaches have done less, have done less and gotten jobs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Sirianni's done less and gotten jobs. Mike Kafka did a great job and did one year with the Giants, but look how hot he was. He almost got that Cardinals job after one good year with us. Um, right? So I think there, it's hard to make an excuse for the fact that he hasn't gotten that opportunity yet. And I think we can call it what it is. It's because he's a black coach in this league and it's really hard for black coaches to get jobs. You have to be exceptional, um, ex- exceptional to be able to get the opportunities that these guys get, that the Sirianis get. I mean, Sirianni can talk to, show up to an interview um, with a with a button-down, whatever, button-down island-based shirt, whatever the hell he showed up with, and, and open-toed sandals and get the job and then show up to his press conference on like a bumbling idiot not even knowing what he's talking about, right? And and keep his job, right? And it's fine, but let a black coach do that. You know, it, it, it's fair. It's fair to point that out. I just, if you're gonna ask me who did more, who's doing more, who's more responsible, I'm gonna say it's Reed because Reed's always coached offense. I mean, I, and the, his coaches he grooms underneath them, like Matt Nagy and those guys, like they're good. I mean, you know, and Matt Nagy, <clears throat> Doug Peterson, they've gotten head coaching jobs, and Doug Peterson on his second stint as a head coach. Yeah. 
So we, we know what it is. It's really, yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not like Biennemi should be, it shouldn't be held against Biennemi that, that he does less. I don't think that any of these guys do a ton. Like they, they, they're a part of the creative process for Andy Reid, but ultimately Andy Reid is the guy who is the shot caller and that, you know, he's, under, he's they're underneath that tree, but holding it against Biennemi because, you know, you know, you know, you know why you're doing that. Like you don't hold it against, you know, Kafka, you didn't hold it against the other guys. You didn't hold it against Peterson or Nagy. So you know, we know what it is. Like we know exactly what it is and, I don't know if he's going to get a job at this point. I'm not sure, but going to the commanders to be their OC should be interesting because, it, you know, I think Howell's got some talent and they got a decent online. It's not a terrible situation, but if you don't do well there, they'll be the, they'll be the quickest to hang you out to dry. So it's just an interesting situation. Like he only he gets it's a one and done for me. I feel like for beginning. Look hey. how they turned on your boy in uh, Tampa Bay. The what's his name? Byron Leftwich, which, yeah, how fast they turned on him, right? It was good when Tom Brady was playing well, then Tom Brady sucks, and all of a sudden it's his Leftwich's fault somehow. You muted, I think, bro. Yeah, Miles is muted. And you did, that's you did a good job, Greg. I see you with the blurred background. Go ahead, Miles. <laughs> no, I was gonna say that's different though, because they lost the real mastermind behind that offense. In uh, what's his name? Arians, Bruce Arians. Arians, Bruce Arians. That's fair. That's fair. So once now it's on uh, Byron Leftwich to, to call plays, he doesn't have that same creativity that they had with Bruce Arians, which it's not a knock on him. He's just not, you know, that great of an offensive coach. He got the, you know, benefit of the doubt when Arians was there to help him, you know, make that game plan. But, I mean, it sucks that he got let go after one year. They should have just cleaned house and just fire everybody. Because, I mean, Todd Bowles is, I don't want to say awful, but he's just not a, a good quality head coach in this league. And he's so bland that even if you didn't think he was a, a, the greatest coach, you might like him if he had some personality. But he's, you know, he's, he's bland. He's white rice. <laughs> Now, on the flip side, Eagles, you can't blame Jalen Hurts for that loss. Jalen Hurts probably played one of the best games ever. We was in a chat. We had Jalen Hurts played so well. Greg was giving him compliments. Like, this was this was probably by far one of Jalen Hurts' best games. He is up for a possible contract extension. Do you think the Eagles give it to him? And what would you pay Jalen Hurts per year? We've had the conversation with Daniel Jones getting $38 million a year. If Danny Dom is getting 38, what you giving Jalen Hurts? He's getting 50, over 50. But I, I but it was the best game he's ever played that I've ever seen. Like I've I never seen him play better. I don't know if anyone can tell me they have played, show show me the game where he's played better than that. Okay. He's he made crazy throws in that game. He was making insane throws, laying the third and 14 to Goddard was crazy. That throw rolling out to his um to his left and making that throw um I don't know who who got the reception but it was for a first down he bailed him out there he he played an amazing game so I I, I don't think I've ever seen him play a better game than that period um but yeah he's gonna get 50 million dollars a year Super Bowl birth right um and then an MVP campaign too right MVP worthy campaign you that's gonna land you uh, that's going to land you about what 50 million easy, right? 50 million plus. And I think he's got some real leveraging, leveraging, uh, and negotiating, uh, ploys on his side. He's got the woman agent, right? And I know she's going to be out for blood. 
you know, it's her first one, I think I heard. There's her first negotiation. So she's going to be off of blood. She's going for at least, she's going for the jugglers. She's going for 60. And I think they'll land somewhere like 55. That's what I think is going to happen. I mean, it maybe it's a team-friendly deal, but if I were him, I wouldn't do that. And I don't think he's going to go for that. I think he's going to go for as much money as he can get because he's been disrespected his entire career. And he probably is like, you know what? Like, no, nah, you guys are going to pay me now that I've played well. And that's what he's going to do. And it's it'll, it'll, it'll cut them at the knees. It's funny that you say like a team friendly where like $45 million, that's still a lot per year. So even if he took that, it still helps the team out and he's still getting paid like a top quarterback. So, I mean, yeah, negotiating, you want to get that big bag, but I mean, you look better when you have a team around you. So 45 and 55, it might not seem like a big difference, but Watch over those next four or five years if they can't field a, a decent team around them. Then what happens? It's true, too. But you know he's he's not going to be near Daniel Jones's contract. Daniel Jones gets 35, 38. They'll probably let Daniel Jones sign his first. They're going to let that play out, right? And Daniel Jones asked for 80, 80 at that point. Because he's like, yo, this guy can't hold my jock strap. You wound out. You wound out. Because it's not even that. It's not even like that. He's like, <laughs> see? You see what he's doing? In all seriousness, like they'll let Daniel Jones sign his contract first, and then from there they're gonna um, they're gonna move forward, and I'm sure they're gonna go for a significant amount more than that. They're gonna go for maybe ten to twelve to fifteen million dollars more than what Daniel Jones got. That's fair to ask for. He had an MVP season. He should he should ask for that. So I think I, I think I'm 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 selfishly rooting for him to get as much money as possible. We can dick his kneecap this team, and they can suck again. Uh, that'd be great, you know, because I hate Philadelphia and I hate Nick Cariani. And I think the crying at the, the uh, at the, the beginning of the game was all BS. He wasn't really crying. That was nonsense. I'm sure he was paying plenty to cry about after the game, though. You know, <laughs> but it, it is what it is, right? I, that was nonsense to me. And he's trying to flip off Pat Mahomes in the middle of the game. Jalen Hurts, your quarterback, is trying to, like, tell you chill. Like, why is he the one exercising more mature, being more mature than you, exercising more caution than you? Why? Are you serious, bro? But it's crazy. He's the coach that fully deserves because their fans are trash, too. It's crazy. He he is definitely a Philadelphia sports coach. They will forever love Sirianni with how he carries himself, how he acts. Right. Like that was the wildest thing to me to see after the game, the video that came out of Jalen Hurts, your quarterback, having to tell the head coach, which is technically his boss, yo, chill out. That's like Jace, that's like Jace having to tell Miles, yo, dad, I'm down. Uh, come on, bro. But hey, Jalen Hurts is here to stay. They could get rid of Sirianni if he does some dumb, dumb stuff. So yeah, that that didn't help him any. Um with being being liked around the, the NFL. I know Giants fans don't like him, clearly, because they over here. Giants fans don't like him. Giants fans die like die him. now. If 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 you if you line up to go for two when you're up by 27 points, yeah, like I'm never gonna like you ever again. Period. And I and I have no reason to like you. Like you're not someone who. And also, Nick to, to my to our defense, Nick Sirianni is not trying to be liked by Giants fans. He he wants Giants fans to hate him. I think he relishes that. So he he got it. He got it. I think he added some juice to that rivalry next year. I think that game will be crazy. I think it'll be a much different football game for sure. It's Eagles, period. Dak Prescott got the Sportsmanship Man of the Year award. I don't know if anybody caught on video. They booed him, and he was like, F Philly. 
Did he say that, Philly? Yes. He did? I didn't peep that. I, I knew once he was being announced at the stadium, I was like, yeah, he's about to get booed like hell. Bruh. It's he did, all Eagles he, fans he was, here. He was laughing, turned back. He was like. <laughs> he did it. He did it under his breath. Yeah. You know how hard that is to do. That guy is the most politically correct guy. The most he he's he's he he's all buttoned up in the, in public. And for him to get to that point where he's gonna say "f Philly" on camera, it, I'm telling you, Philadelphia fans is the worst. The worst. I mean, just just, bruh, the worst. It was so funny. It was so funny because he was getting booed <laughs> at a time he's getting the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. He getting booed for doing good. Yeah, he's doing he's doing good in the community, and I'm like, y'all can't just you know tennis clap or something like just just let it go for five seconds. Nope, uh, they might know that he's not really doing nothing in in our community, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this guy, bro. Yeah, before we before we you know talk about basketball, of course, because we got a lot to talk about with basketball. I've been hearing different debates for for years now, like. We should get rid of the combine. It's like slavery. What are y'all thoughts on the NFL combine? I think it's a good way to test the test and measure the athletic ability of these prospects um, in the draft. I think it, I think it's necessary. I think it's fun to watch. It's, it's a necessary part of the process for the guys who go through it. I just think the only part where place where it gets really crazy and where you can talk about this whole slave master mentality is when these guys, these uh, owners and these GMs are asking them crazy questions about their moms being prostitutes and, you know, you know, their upbringings and all, like just really out of pocket questions. We've, we've heard all types of stuff. And when you start talking about that and getting into these, you know, racist questions they ask them in the interviews, and that's when it gets out of pocket. So I don't, I, I don't know how to solve that because the league is racist to begin with. So I don't know how to solve that. But the, the combine itself, the testing of athletic ability, the 40-yard dash, watching that stuff, it's pretty cool. And I don't think that that has to necessarily go. I just feel like it's the it's the questions they ask when they get you in that room alone. I mean, that's fair. But at the same time, with the combine, I'm just like, it just seems like an overanalyzation of that's true too. these football players. Because, yeah, these guys are training for two months. They're going to run their fastest. They're going to lift their heaviest. But does this show us what they can do on the, the field when they're in pads? You know, they got a double team. They got to figure out different pass coverages and all that stuff. So it it helps knowing who's fast, and you can mark that down. Like, ooh, this guy would be good in our scheme and all this. But that's not what you care about. You want to see the film. Does the film tell you the truth of this player? Because, I mean, we've seen a lot of gym class heroes at this NFL combine, and like John Ross. John Ross ran one of the fastest 40s, and that guy can't stay healthy to save his life. So, yeah, you want to trust the film first, but this kind of you're basing all the stuff from the combine and looking back on the film to see if it matches up because sometimes – the film and the combine stuff doesn't really, you know, match up. And it, it helps the guys who are the unknowns and you might not look at their film and they run one of the fastest 40s or put up 40 reps on the bench. And you're like, oh, let me go back and, and check this guy out. And it's like you do find those diamond in the rough. So to say it's, it's a gift and a curse for some people, yeah. There's some theater in it. 
there's some theater in it because they, you know, they've commercialized this whole thing so much. You got guys tuning in to watch the pro, the pro days and all that and watch. It's become a spectacle. Like just like everything else in the NFL, it's a money-making machine. So, you know, they never get rid of it, obviously. But, you know, I'm sure Tony will make a different point about this. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, if you're posing the question, I'm sure you don't want, you know, I'm sure there's something about it that you don't like. And I, and I there's, lots of, there's a lot not to like about it, by the way. Um, but it's fun to watch these GMs overthink themselves because someone ran a fast 40 or because Anthony Richardson threw, threw the ball through the glass ceiling at the, at the stadium. So everyone's, everyone's going to try to draft number one. It's fun to see guys overthink it and make mistakes. I don't know. Um, y'all both make valid points. I just feel it's really like a slave auction at times where you got to perform and do this. And my, my viewpoint is like, y'all got three, four years of film. Thanks. Three, four years of film, you know I'm fast. I'm not running for you. Like, and some people don't perform well in these positions, and then they're the best players, but then their drafts, draft drops. Now they're getting paid less money. Like, I, I see the purpose of it. Yeah, both have valid points. I just think it's a little um, – maybe it shouldn't be as valued. Maybe it shouldn't be to the point where it's at, where it's so commercialized, where it's not going to be an option to get rid of it. Because it was a discussion at bargaining agreements to get rid of it at one point. But at this point, it's not going anywhere. It's, the combine is not going anywhere. It's here to say commercials. You got the TV shows. It's on NFL Network the whole day. People at work. It's on ABC now. <laughs> ABC. People at work, they're supposed to be making calls. They're supposed to be trying to choose if this person's going to get insurance, if this person's going to get coverage. But they watching the combine. Like, it's it's... It's too big now to get rid of. And I wonder, you know, you mentioned the questions and whatnot. I wonder if there was a question asked to John Morant, when did he become a thug? Like, when did that transition happen? <laughs> because looking at the background and some of the stuff that we've seen on Instagram and TikTok about his story to where he's at right now, I agree with Sauce. Shout out to Sauce. The man is only a rookie. It's about to be in his second year, and he's speaking straight facts and wisdom. Yo, you don't got to act hard. It's, it's, not, it's not needed. You, you did everything to get to this point, so you didn't have to do that. So you don't have to move weight. So you don't have to throw up gang signs when you make a good play. Someone to tell Tariq that. Tariq and John different. You know, I'm saying, but I mean, I don't. Yeah, the whole the whole John Moran thing is the immature. It's immaturity, right? When you you you, I, I tell people, you know, it's funny. I I'll say this kind of stuff all the time. How you do one thing is how you do everything. You're gonna go out there and talk about how you're not worried about anybody in the Western Conference, and you haven't won, you haven't beaten anybody, you haven't you haven't done anything, you haven't accomplished anything, you haven't won a championship. It's not a far cry from. Pointing laser point laser pointers at staffers in a car, I know you're gonna shoot them up and shoot the car up and doing drive bys and all this stuff. It's really not a far, it's not a far cry. Like the two things aren't that dissimilar. Like they're two they're two it's two extremes. Obviously, it's extreme action from where you were just talking trash about teams. But the immaturity is the common denominator. So I you know I'm not surprised by that. And even with his dad, his dad's immature too. You know you in the crowd. You over here getting into a Shannon Sharp for what? Like you're making it about you for what? Like what are we doing, man? Like what was going on? Like just just watch the game, watch your kid play, enjoy it. Like it, it's it's a very strange thing, but we have this thing with these basketball players in particular where they get they get older and they're they're the parental figures in their lives kind of just let them run rough shot. You can kind of just tell that 
there's no real guidance. No one's telling them things they don't want to hear. Everyone is just kissing their, you know, you know, you know, you, you know what, right? So um, it's a lot of that going on. It's a lot of that. Going, you can see it across the league. I mean, the way these guys act and and and, and handle themselves. Trey Young, same thing, right? His dad would be the first one to bat for him on, on Twitter and all that stuff. But you walk out of practice, you leave work because you got into a fight with your superior, bro. Like, what are we doing, man? Like, and before people get on me about calling me coon or whatever, his, his boss was black. He's a black coach, Nate McMillan, okay? Like, he's just his boss. It's just the way it works. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's days I don't want to work, but I don't just up and leave work. Like, I don't just get offline and not do it, you know? So it and so it's just funny to me. Like, it's just fun. It's really funny to me. And I'm not going to use the obvious example in this case because people are going to call me a hater, but there's a really obvious exa- example of a guy who has the exact same situation I'm talking about right now. And he happened to come from West Orange, New Jersey, right? And so it, it's just funny to me how it all, it all kind of marries together, right? We get, we get a, lot, a lot of yes men around us. No one telling us, you know, what we don't want to hear. And you just, because of it, you just make a whole lot of mistakes. Even though you didn't say his name, say his name, you know I'm going to use that for a clip the piston off. You ain't playing games. You know I'm using that. <laughs> it's facts, though. It's facts, though, man. These guys have parents that are more like friends when they get all this money, right? Because you're supporting your mom and your mom and dad. Now you're giving them the bread. Maybe maybe they don't, maybe they don't want you to cut the, te- the, the water off, right? They want you to keep that bread coming in so they don't want to get on your bad side. Right. And have to get into a fight with you and you're not giving them money anymore. You're not paying for that new G-Wagon they want or whatever it is. That could easily be what it is. It's most likely what it is. But you're hurting your kids, man. So, they, you know, you really are. Like, I know the money's nice, but you're hurting your kids. Period. I mean, for John Morant to do something so stupid and to risk everything. It, 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 what, what are we like? You make $200 million, bro. Like, act like you make $200 million. Like, I'm being a kid. Get a goal yeah, that's, while you're at it. That's going to be the downfall of all the Grizzlies in general. They're not going to win nothing. The whole team from Dylan top, broke all of them from top to bottom. Maybe I can't. Maybe Ty Jones is the only one that is probably this the probably the only one that's solid. That's not immature and act like you've made it. They ain't did nothing yet. <laughs> you got a guy on the team. Dylan Brooks shooting the ball like he's like he's Kawhi. He's shooting like 30 percent from the field and like maybe less from three is it's just an embarrassment and he's like my teammates got me yo it's so bad the people in Tennessee are actually pretty nice for what I understand they're booing him at home like what are we doing man it's just this enabling and it goes back to the coaching too you know you don't have an adult in that coach's tear and not and he's like a good coach like in terms of his his x's and o's and how he understands the game he does a good job out of timeouts all that stuff but there's more than that. It's, it's the people management part of the job. And I don't think he does a great job with that because that team's out of control. You, you're, yo, your baby's hitting, man. Like you are, you are. Like, and, and you got to have some level of, uh, of, of a grasp on that team and be able to get, reel these guys in when they get out of control. I just that's, the that's, word. that's the word. He, I, you can tell ultimately they don't respect him because they don't change what they do. Right. Like they could say they love him as a coach and all that, but they don't respect him because if you respect it, I'm gonna go back to this again. If Jace respects Miles, he's gonna do what Miles asked him to do. Jace ain't gonna get Jace not gonna get to the store and act out and act a fool at the 12 parties he went to last weekend. He's not gonna do that because he respects his father. Now I'm not saying the coach is the father, but that's your superior. Could y'all chill out? Like, it's okay. I, I like I like y'all having energy. I like y'all 
being boisterous and being confident in ourselves. But let's reel it in. We haven't done nothing yet. This is we all. Haven't, we haven't arrived. So chill out. This is why the whole players coach thing gets dangerous. The whole that whole narrative, like if you're too close to your players, they start wound out. Like I'm not your friend, bro. Like nah. Like I'm coaches are not your friends. Like they're there to, to make sure you get the job done and you're put in a position to succeed, but they're not your friend. That, that line can get real messy. And when it gets messy, well, you have John Morant acting like he's in a he's he's in a Tupac video or something like that in real life running around. So it, it, it's really it's really a slippery slope, bro. Like one is how you do one thing is how you do everything. If you're done some immature stuff in one aspect of your life, you'll you'll do it other ways. It'll it'll show in other ways. Speaking of coaching, I want to ask y'all. I heard somebody talking about this over the week. They were questioning Steve Kerr. How good of a coach is he in regards of he's kind of low key. If you pay attention to the last couple of years, he's becoming like Tibbs and not wanting to play the younger players, which is why Wiseman got traded, which is why Kaminga is getting just straight out DMPs. He's not really good at developing talent. He's more so a front runner. And I need a healthy Steph, Draymond, Clay. And he has a huge ego. What do you what do y'all feel about Steve Kerr as a coach? I feel like he's a good coach. I just think that he's trying to win and maybe not necessarily trying to take because before they won last year, they had a couple years where it was, you know, down, like Steph is hurt and Draymond's in and out and Clay is still beat up. So he had to play some of those young guys. And that's where you see like Jordan Poole kind of develop into a, a lot better of a player. But he trusts those guys. He trusts Draymond and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. So he's going to keep rocking with them. And those guys play big minutes. So it's it's kind of hard for them to, you know, develop when those guys play such a, a key role in the, the success of this team. Nobody's talking about it enough, too, though. Clay is Clay is tearing down the Warriors because every every two or three games, Clay is going to shoot them out of the game because he wants to still prove that Clay is still Clay Thompson. Mm. Nobody nobody's really talking about it. Mm-hmm. Clay Thompson has yet really to consistently change his game for the betterment of the team. That's a good point. That's a good point. I I, I agree with you 100% with that. I, I just, with Steve Kerr, I think he's a great coach. I do. I do. I don't think he's ever overrated. I think it's hard to play young guys because young guys don't really know how to play. You know what it is. Like a lot of these guys come up and they don't really, they play AAU and they play high school ball and it's all rolling or all revolving around them and they don't know how to play with other people. And the system he, he has out there, you got to know how to really play basketball to play that system, like pass, cut, all that, like understanding spacing, it takes time if you're not playing basketball the right way your entire life. And Wiseman was a guy who they just threw the ball down to his entire life and said, hey, go get a bucket, take, take his home. So when he got there, naturally, it wasn't going to work out. It wasn't because he's not the most he's not going to he's not he doesn't have the IQ to throw the ball out and like repost or make the make the right swing or sometimes catch the ball, track double and make a cross court pass. Like he's not doing that. You know what I mean? That That's a skill. So I don't I don't blame him for not playing the young guys. I think he played pool when pool showed he was ready. They played pool. And it, it, it paid dividends for them, led to a championship, honestly. Um, but I, I don't really have an issue with the way he coaches. I think it's hard to it's hard to coach a team even that great. Now, when Katie was there, it's different. He could have done anything he wanted there. But 
to coach a team to 73 wins, that team, that's not easy. Um, even though he did pick up after where Mark, Mark Jackson left off, he deserves credit. Um, Mark Jackson built the foundation. He gave those guys the confidence to be who they are. And Steve Kerr put the system in place to maximize what they could be. And I think that's why he's a great coach, because that's not easy to do, to have a, a, that kind of motion offense in place where it's not really plays. They're not really running plays, man. They're just running basic actions over and over and over again. And you can't stop it because you just get tired of defense of running after these guys. That's 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 impressive. Um, that's real, when you get Draymond Green and Steph Curry running those dribble handoffs like that and they can do it in their sleep. That's that's special. So, I mean, no, I mean, I, 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 um, I think he, I think he's great. I think he's a great coach. I think he deserves credit. I have no questions about him. I think he's definitely gotten to coach a great team and that, that goes into it, but he's part of the reason why they're great. So I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, Kaminga's got a little ego to him too. You know, he's a Jersey kid. You know, we know how that is. Well, I can see he's probably a knucklehead. Let's be real. KD's press conference was today. What were some of y'all takeaways from watching this press conference? For me, I'll go first because I know Greg got some words for Kevin Durant to come. But for me, I like it's hard for me not to root for KD. From looking at on the flip side, looking at Kyrie when he gets to Dallas and how he talks in his first press conference. I mean, KD is literally, you could tell he's just about basketball. We see he don't brush his hair, so he's, we see it right there alone. But just to hear him talk is, I, I hope they won a championship. Like, for KD, Chris Paul, and them, like, knowing, yeah, the year that they almost made it, they was 45 or 37, and, like, KD is actually a student of the game. Katie loves basketball. He breathes, eats, loves basketball. That's all he wants to do, which is why to me it's confusing that you have a soul tie in a sense with Kyrie, which it doesn't seem like everything's about basketball with him. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing I can say about Katie, which didn't make sense to me. You left Golden State. Y'all could have won probably another four or five championships to go to Brooklyn. To play with KD, with, play with Kyrie, who doesn't seem to have that same love that you have. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. I think what came to mind for me is I've been wondering, I've been hearing on Nets Twitter the last couple of days that the Nets should retire Kevin Durant's number because he's the greatest Net that ever played for the Nets. And it made me sick to my stomach. I'm just like, he had accomplished, he'd accomplished nothing there. Um, and I think. There's a lot of people infiltrating Net Twitter, Net Twitter right now. We still got the stands kind of hanging around. We're getting rid of them, so it's 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 still and that's something that's prop that's probably pushed by someone who rooted for Steph for KD and only roots for KD no matter where he goes. That's utterly ridiculous. I think any real reasonable Nets fan would say that's that's a crazy idea. But I was wondering how you'd be received his first time going back to Brooklyn, which won't happen this year. It'll happen next year, and whether he'll get an ovation or he'll get booed. Um, I think he'll get a mixed reaction. I think today made him a lot more likable, obviously, and I don't know if he did, he did it on purpose. But the crying when he spoke about Brooklyn and, and how highly he spoke about the organization, I think a lot of Nets fans were, were wondering how that he was going to approach that conversation and approach that those questions about his time in Brooklyn because his best friend, his treacherous twin over there in, in, in Dallas, he he was over here throwing dirt on the on the Nets grave, right? Kicking them when they're down, saying, oh, I'm glad he got out of there. I felt disrespected. So you don't know where Katie's coming from because that's, that's his man, right? So. Um, I, Katie obviously did the classy thing 
Um, even if he did have issues with the ownership, we didn't know that um, as well. And honestly, if I'm being real, I really think he was genuine. I think that was a real thing. I think we forget, I forget about the Achilles tear. I think it's easy to forget about it, but the Nets really did nurse him back to health, take, let him take all time he needed. Um, the doctors and, you know, you hear from people in the league, like who have podcasts, Kyle Lowry, JJ Reddick, whatever. Um, you know, these guys talk about how like the, the, the Nets training staff is top one, right? One of the best in the league about maybe it was Phoenix right there. Um, and so they took care of him and nursed him back to health and got him back to 100% at an MVP level. So there's love there. And then, I mean, he was only nothing but a professional when he was here. So I don't have a problem with Kevin Durant. And I, I don't, I'm not rooting against him. I, I hope he wins a championship. What, but I think for me, where my head goes with Kevin Durant is just like, you can never put him in a conversation with LeBron, Jordan, Kobe, Kareem. He can never be in those conversations because those guys Legends like that and icon, they're icons, icons like that have something all in common. And it's not just like winning championships. It's about the way you go about winning championships and the way you go about your business and the legacy you build for yourself in a city. Like it's your city. Like they're going to build a statue of you, right? They can, can, they can name streets after you. There's nowhere Katie goes where he's beloved like that because he, has, he hasn't been there long enough to even establish that. Okay, see that first run, it's the way he left that ruined it for him. Where you went, right? Like, they can still have love for you, but where you went, man, like you went to the team that beat you, that's crazy, right? They have more love for Russell Westbrook out there. Russell Westbrook might get a statue before you do over there. It's nuts. It's crazy how that goes, right? But um, I, I just, that's the thing about his legacy to me that's going to be so confusing. Like you can make a real argument that Giannis and where he's at, right? His one championship holds more weight than both of Katie's championships combined. And you'd have, you'd have a real argument there if you said that. Like, you know what I mean? Like those two rings, they're, they're, they're lightweight, man. Like those are, those are Steph's rings, bro. Like I know you played a big, you obviously scored points and you were the finals MVP and all that stuff, hit a three over Braun, but you had single coverage on you the entire series because you had, you literally joined a 73 win team. They couldn't game plan for you because they couldn't game plan for all of you at the same time. It was impossible. He joined the greatest team we've ever seen and made it better. So it's, um, it's tough with him when you talk about his legacy. I'm wondering about, I think about his legacy. I don't think about the Nets aspect of it. I think the Nets, I think ultimately he was respectful. I, I think if he had stayed in Brooklyn, he had a chance to build a legacy I'm talking about though. Bringing, bringing the championship to Brooklyn would have immortalized him in my opinion. I really believe that. Um, to the team that's second in New York, to, to um, you know, that would have immortalized him here. To do that, to, to get it from the mud, right? Like they, like they like to say, like, to do that here, that would have been special, man. And they had, the, they had the assets to go get another player, the star player to have him play with. Like, that would have been real special for him to, to accomplish here. And and that I would be saying that if he went to the Knicks, I'd be saying the same thing. If he stay with the Knicks and win a championship in New York, and it'll, it'll immortalize you. Don't just run because things got hard because your best friend Kyrie Irving got his period and wanted to run away. Like, stay stay here like stay here and make something happen that's what i'm saying i just don't understand that part like so to me it's just very strange and i'll, I'll never get why you know I, I have a hard time with him he's too great to be doing this nonsense where you jump from team to team it's not your team you win a championship in, in phoenix you go in three it's that's Devin booker city bro you left golden state because they were you didn't like the, the way they talked about you and talked about steph curry it's steph curry city it's not yours you wanted some ownership you came you came to brooklyn for that and then you left just because Kyrie threw because Kyrie pulled the Kyrie. You know what I mean? Like, you relied on Kyrie. How idiotic is that? So, you know, I, that's my struggle with him. I don't blame him in this situation. Like, I don't rock with the going to go, go to state, right? But I don't blame him in this situation. At his age, I ain't looking, nah. 
I'll, I'd rather go somewhere where I could it's ready made at this point in his career. I don't I don't want to go with that route. Um, well, Kobe, but what your what's your favorite player of all time? Kobe Bryant do that. We Kobe would down Kobe would down the hill. Kobe Kobe wouldn't do it, but that is, it's not many like Kobe. Even Brown went back to Cleveland and got one. He didn't have to do that. He went back. You know, so I, I, these guys, these iconic guys are cut different than KD. KD's not of that. KD's going to be an icon when it's all said and done, but he's just not going to be top 10 all the time. And I think you're going to be able to look at Giannis and say, yo, Giannis is going to be top. He's going to creep into the top 10. And KD will probably never creep into the top 10. He, he doesn't, like, he doesn't, I don't think he understands how much people control that narrative. You know what I mean? And, and it clearly bothers him. It bothers him, too. He actually he doesn't care. Like, oh, I just want to hoop my friends. Like, all right, man, like, make this glorified AAU if you want, you know? You're just fine. If you want to do that, that's cool, man. But at the end of the day, the way people talk about you and the way people remember you, it's not going to be what you deserve. You deserve to be remembered as a top 10 player because you're a top 10 talent, but you're not a top 10 player all time. And you never will be, even though you are a top 10, easily top 10 talent. You see what I'm saying? That's frustrating to me. That's just frustrating to me. Like, just for, for him, from his perspective, I'm not salty about him leaving the Nets. I'm really not. I'm just keeping it in a stack. Like, I, I said this about him before he got there. Like, I'm over that net. Because honestly, we got Mikael Bridges. He got 45 of them now. I don't know if you saw. He, he the best. He the best. He, he going to be the best player in New York. Not, not in. Give it some time. Give it some time. <laughs> Mikael Bridges is going to be the best player in New York. So I ain't, I ain't tripping off that. I love JB, too. You know I love JB. Yeah, yeah. You better put, put some respect on JB. I so. love JB. I do. I, I love JB. I respect JB. He's amazing. He's the best player in New York right now. But he's, he's a placeholder right now, though. Right now. Yeah, right. He said he'll placeholder. <laughs> is coming for that, bro. But Cal Bridges played elite defense. He's getting 45 balls. He got a, he got a crazy pull-up game. Yeah, right. Boat game. JB's borderline top five point guard in the league right now. That's facts. I totally agree with you. I have no argument. Who's no. the best who's the best point guard in the East? Drew Holiday is crazy, bro, right now. I ain't gonna lie. That's 40 balls nuts yesterday. Um, is he the best point guard in the East? Maybe. I think JB Kyrie, is- but he. He got up out of here. He did. Thank God. I ain't miss him. Let this pure blood on the way out. A one. Oh. <laughs> do we do we put James Harden? If we look at him as a point guard, he's the best point guard in the East. We know what Greg gonna say. No, he's fat. <laughs> so who's the best point guard? Because I'm thinking like Kyrie's no, Kyrie's no Kyrie's no longer there. Tyrese Halliburton has a case, but they're not oh, winning. Tyrese is crazy though. Tyrese is Tyrese is max. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But they're not winning. Okay. J, JB, the Knicks have a way better record than Indiana. It's true. You can make a case for Kyle, JB. Kyle Lowry, no. Trey Drew Young is in the conversation. Trey Just Young, me. Drew Holiday. Wait, what? JB. Kyle Lowry's in the conversation. No, 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 Kyle Lowry, no. Oh. I thought I, heard, I, heard, oh. I knew I heard wrong. I was no, this guy's too busy getting ass shots in Miami to be in the conversation. <laughs> Trey, JB, Drew Holiday, Tyrese Halliburton, James Harden, and Darius Garland. Oh, Darius Garland's cold. Cold. Yeah. He's not better than JB this year, but he's cold and we know what he's about. But I think you can make a case for JB this year. You could. But he, between him and Drew Holiday, you get, you know, that's the conversation. Drew Holiday played better defense. You lock up. So there's that. But, you know, there's a conversation to be had there. For sure. Looking at All-Star Weekend, who y'all got for dunk contest winner? And before y'all even pick, are y'all even watching the dunk contest this year? 
I just want to see my boy Sims do some outlandish. Why well, I'm tired of watching seven foot guys try to dunk, bro. Well, get his ass. Yo, if you over six five, I don't want him dunk contest. It's not fun to watch him dunk. Uh, Aaron Gordon was only an anomaly. Okay, we'll see. Because this guy can get his whole neck above the rim. So That's I don't want awesome. to see him do do some crazy, crazy ish. But I'm looking at uh, Nick. You don't want to see seven footer try to jump, bro. Huh? It's like seeing Yao Ming in the dunk contest. No. Remember when JaVale did it? That's Remember not even the same thing. Well, JaVale's the same thing. JaVale's a good comparison. And that was ass. Okay. JaVale was like, it looked like Mr. Extendo doing the dunk contest. I hated it. You know that? Was ah, he looked like, look like uh, Specter Gadget when he do the... Yeah. Nonsense, bro. I don't know what Jericho's going to do that's going to wow me, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, Mac and Clone probably going to win it, though. They're going to give it to the G-Leaguer. Mac and Clone. Yeah, I, wish they put Shane, I wish they put Shane and Sharp in it, though. He, he backed out. He was in. Oh, I thought you said Shannon Sharp. I was like, what he got to do with this? <laughs> him, too. I might watch him dunk, try to dunk in uh, Jericho Simmons. <laughs> yeah, right. Yo, if so it's four participants, right? If y'all had to make y'all dream dunk contest situation, who's the four people you put in, in your, your dream ideal dunk contest? From in the, the league time. right now? All time. Who you putting in there? Like, you know, Jason Richardson was cold. You had J.R. Smith. I'm going to put MJ. I I'm going to put LeBron in. I'm going to put LeBron in because he should have done one, but he never did. Uh, let's see. Two more. Tough is hard. Jay Rich. Jay Rich was tough. And then A.G. Aaron Gordon, who's your four? Yeah, I don't know how you leave Zach Levine off that list because he was. I nuts. was gonna do it, but he only gave me four. LeBron got to be in it. Not necessarily, Zach. Um, I'm gonna go AG because you got Aaron Gordon got to be in there because he just did those two had the best dunk contests of all time. So those two are in locked. Period. Uh, and then three, um, uh, Vince Carter, easy lock. Uh, you got to put him in there. He's nuts. Um, and then my fourth would be uh, who'd I have fun watching? Who'd I have fun watching? Uh, Richard Jefferson, yeah, whatever. Complete that Nets Vince Carter. Vince Carter is the greatest dunk in game dunker of all time in NBA history, period. So he deserves it's it's, it's it's stamp, but um, yeah, I mean, the fourth, I don't want to see Michael Jordan do that same stupid dunk, whatever, man. I ain't really care about that. Uh, no beat up ones. How about the thing is with Michael Jordan, he's gonna have to do it in them long jeans, so that'll be fun to do. <laughs> those wings, those wings might not be parachutes. Uh, those jeans. Um, I don't know. The fourth person's tough. I, 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 I would say someone like Andre Godal was crazy as a dunker. I'm, I'll give him that. Andre Godal, my fourth. Give me T Mac, Zach Levine, give me Vince Carter. And give me AG. I want to see that. T Mac, Vince Carter, Zach Levine, and AG. That's oh, what I yeah. I mean, Zion could be in the conversation too. And he just he, hypothetically, what he would do in a dunk. But I'm scared he would blow out his legs trying to dunk the ball or he'd, you know, whatever. So bust out of his pants or whatever. I don't know what's wrong with that dude. Yeah, the Pelicans, I wouldn't allow him to do it. <laughs> nah, isn't his contract. You can't do no dunk contest while you a Pelicans employee. Nope. 
<laughs> Imagine him doing a nut contest and then you'll get out for three weeks after that. Nah, bro. Nah. They season already about to be jacked up anyway. He re-aggravated that uh, hamstring injury. And when they was healthy, they was a number one seed. I think this is going to be a continuous thing for the Pelicans regardless. It's going to be one of those what if Zion ever was healthy. Could they have won? For sure. For sure. So, so we haven't talked about something. I'm surprised you haven't brought it up yet. What? The whole, the whole uh, Rihanna situation. Oh, no. I, I, I'm conscious of that. We want to end the show off with Rihanna. Three-point <laughs> three contest. Who y'all picking to win it? You got Tyrese, Tyler Hero, Julius Randle's a replacement today, Jason Tatum, Lori Markinen, Damian Lillard, Kevin Herter, and Buddy Hill. I wish they put Isaiah Joe in this from the Thunder, honestly. Why is Julius Randle in it? Like, why, we want to watch him go out there and throw up bricks. Because he's top 10 and, and three-point field goals made. You think he's going to do well on this thing? You I don't think care. He, he, nah, he's, <laughs> nah, he's too strong to be in there. Like, he's going to be throwing at it. You know, man, he's he, he looks like Grooving Gorilla. What's that dude from the from TikTok? Gorilla. The, the big Groove now? He don't, he don't want to be called Gorilla anymore. I see that. But no, um, in this in this heat, in this group, Jason Tatum has a burner. So I, I think he's in it. I think I saw that. Um, I'll go with Damian Lillard, though. I think he'll win. I'll go with Damian Lillard. I think he's going to win. I'm going to go with Kevin Herter just to show, do something different. Kevin Hart. Pick the white boy. So original. <laughs> Do something different. <clears throat> well, after that, you got the celebrity game. You got the regular game. Is Dwayne Wade playing in the celebrity game or something? Did I, hear, did I see that? I, I think Dwayne Wade's playing in the game. In one of them games. Yeah, he's playing in like a, a game, but he's, yeah. Is he playing in the Rising Stars Challenge? Is that what it oh, is? That would be ridiculous. No way. Who want to see his watch that went up and down with these games? Or is it the all-star? I can't see him. Like, he was working, working out. I can't see him playing, doing that just for the celebrity game. What was he part of? I think there's something going on. He's, like, in a game. I don't know what it is, but probably just want to get away from Gabby Union for a couple hours. I don't blame him on that. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. I do not blame him on that. <laughs> oh, man. You got to pray for him every day. That's a hard marriage to be a part of. Marriage is a, a challenge in itself, but then, sheesh. <laughs> Don't make it any easier. She's, she's still chasing Jalen Hurts' car right now. <laughs> her and the rest of her group chat. <laughs> yeah, he's a part of the, <laughs> he's a part of the Celebrity All-Star game. Oh, he's going to be killing. That's ridiculous. Oh, that makes sense. I forgot he's, you know, part owner of the Jazz. He's going to kill them. Car Malone pedophile behind being a judge for the dunk contest. Yeah, so I heard. And is he actually a pedophile? Did I miss something about Car Malone? Like, I know people don't like him because when, it, he, I, when he was in the league, when he's a league, correct me if I'm wrong, Ross. When he was in the league, then he tried to marry or married like a 16 year old girl. Oh, well, they said he had a kid with someone like young like that. Had a kid, my fault. He had a kid with somebody that was like 15, 16 years old, and he just got brushed under the rug. Whoa. That's 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 crazy! Wow. Yeah, I, I got brushed big time, big time under the rug. I I never heard about I never heard about that. I just assume people hit him because he played in Utah. He was you know was a Utah guy, lives in Utah now. I can see why he wouldn't be likable. But I was that, and that's why people had issue when he snitched when he came to the Lakers with uh what Kobe was doing because it was like, bro, you got hell dirty laundry in your yeah. 
Yeah. Exactly. And then you try to sleep with Vanessa too, like you yeah. max bro. Like he's not he's not really a likable guy in the league, from what I'm told. It's like oh, yeah. I, I knew that's those stories, and I had to figure that's why people didn't like him. But this is this is way worse. This is sinister. And they over here parading him around. Yeah, the only people I think like him is John Stockton, Danny Age, and his uh teammate Russell that got Michael Jordan had that jumper one. Yeah, like Byron Russell, was that his name? Byron Russell, yeah, yeah. That ball headed joke at him. <laughs> now, we closing out. You said that Rihanna had the worst performance you've ever seen in a Super Bowl. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Would you like to would you like to explain your um stance and why you feel that way? Yeah, Miles, I wanna say, hold on, Miles, do you think it was good? I'm just curious I if you can start from where I was sitting, from where I was sitting, it was a solid performance. <laughs> Less about me. Let's hear what you got to say. Whatever, nigga, because you didn't, he, 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 oh, he didn't say that in the chat. He didn't say that in the chat. Every song was quick. He had hella criticism for it in the chat, but now here he, he wants to PT because he don't want these, he don't want these black women in, in the comments coming at him. No, nah, but um, I think, I think people sensationalize the performance for sure. I think that if we're being honest about it, I think people were more excited to see Rihanna because she hadn't been around in a while. You just you just hadn't seen her face. She was she only time you ever saw her is if you out you know with ASAP Rocky and their baby and she'd fallen off the map with, map with music thing. So I think people are kind of misplacing their excitement for her being back and her showing signs of life with her music career again for this performance being a good a good one. I, I didn't think it was a good performance. I didn't really like it. I know she's pregnant. I know she couldn't do all the dancing and the the whining of her hips and all that stuff. But that's my thing. Like that's Rihanna's thing. Like she she sells sex. That's what Rihanna does literally for a living, right? The assless chaps, that's her, isn't it? Like the whole thing. I, so if you're going to be performing, you're not doing all that nonsense. And I'm not even saying I'm, I'm, I'm here for it like in a way where I want to see it in that way. Like I, I really don't care. But that's her thing. Like that's because she does, she shows hell don't got pipes like that. You know what I mean? So she's not Whitney Houston. She's not going, she's not, you know, she's not Mariah Carey or, or, or you know, she's not like that. She don't got that kind of voice. So I just felt really underwhelmed by the performance, all in all. I mean, um, obviously she's got bangers, so that that's gonna carry her. People are gonna love to hear those songs. I mean, it's nostalgic, so people are gonna enjoy the performance. But for me, it's the Super Bowl. It's the it's it's this is the the biggest stage. I saw the weekend tear it up, and I know people. I don't know how people feel about it. But I saw him tear it up. I saw uh, last year's performance is incredible in L.A. Right? It was incredible. It was a great performance. Mary J. Blige, Fifty Autumn. That was a great performance. Kendrick tore it up. Beyonce was killed it. I just feel like you're not going to bring your best. Like, why are you coming? Like, if I'm keeping this, like, for real, like, I ain't come here. I ain't, I didn't want to sit, watch the performance to see you announce that you were pregnant, right? Because if I'm being real, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> why does it matter? Like, it, it doesn't really matter. Like, we keep it in a stack. Like, I think we care too much about celebrities' lives and all that stuff, bro. It don't matter. Like, I, you know, respect to her for trying to perform pregnant and doing, I'm not trying to perform, performing while she's pregnant, you know, that deserves some respect. But I mean, when your ASL interpreter, Justina Miles, outperforms you, come on, bro. And she did. And she did. You can, you can probably find a clip of her tearing it up. She did. You know, she was tearing up for them deaf folk, killing it, right? <laughs> I'm just keeping it stack. I'm just saying, bro. Yo. Oh, I really, from watching it, though, knowing that she was pregnant and everything she was going through, I want to know what was the pitch? How how did Jay-Z get her to do the show? She hasn't done music. 
in about four decades, like she's told y'all she's not doing music. How did they convince her to do the show? Like most people do the show and it's an album dropping a week later, two weeks later. She's not going in the studio, y'all. She's not making no more music. What convinced her to do the show? Like she don't need sales. People buying Savage Fenty regardless. I buy Savage Fenty, not for me, but for my wife because it looked banging. She sells sex. Savage Fenty on a woman. Oh my gosh. Good Lord. Savage Fenty. Shout out to Savage Fenty. It is beautiful. I love Savage Fenty. What was the, what what reason? Why why did she? That's my thing when I'm looking at it too. Like even if, she, even if she even if she did the best performance ever and it was on Prince's level or Michael Jackson's level, you told us you're not doing no more music. So why do this? Bro, I don't know, man. I'm serious. I don't know, bro. I. I, you know, if you're not going to bring your best, I just, I just don't get it at that stage at the Super Bowl. Right. Like, what are we talking about? You know, I, I've seen all types of stuff, man. I've seen all types of praise for her and, and good. She deserves it. I ain't trying to tear no black woman down. I really am not. But it was just objectively wasn't that good. It, the performance objectively was not that good. All seriousness. Um, she was just kind of there to be there. I was bored. It was it wasn't it didn't move me in any real way um, at all. I mean, she I don't even think she did better than Katy Perry did a few years ago. At her jungle, she was riding on that damn unicorn or whatever it was. I don't even know that she did better than that, which is crazy, right? But again, she's pregnant, and I get that. And I have people are gonna say that, but you don't got the pipes to be pregnant and try to perform. You don't sing. That's not your thing. So what what are you doing out there? Like I just don't get it. Like what seriously, bro? I, I don't know, man. I mean, it drove viewership. You know, people watched it. More people watched the performance than they did than they watched the game, right? There were more people tuned into that. So it that's to your point, though. No, they just ain't seen her. So that's they why. Haven't seen her. So that was the hype machine. I think that's, and we're still dealing with that. Like people were just happy to see her and it, it, the performance didn't matter as much. Right. But if you out here saying the performance wasn't that good, then you're, you're a hater. Um, I guess I'm carrying that mantle then because I didn't think it was that good. I didn't think it was that good. We've talked about it plenty of times. Celebrities, athletes, and those as such need to be stopped being held in such a high standard where they, you view them as gods and you want to know, oh, what type of underwear does Rihanna put on her son? Y'all got to stop with the idolization of these people because at the end of the day, none of them Negroes give up about you. I'm saying like- None of them. She said she said before the show, I have a special guest coming out. I'm thinking she about to bring out, I don't know, Drake to do, uh, to do work with her or something like that. She's pregnant. Right. That's great. But really, is it, do we really, like, seriously, bro? I ain't this nigga's uncle. <laughs> bro, it's, it's absolutely, it's absolutely disgusting from that to Beyonce charging people's rent for tickets. It's absolutely disgusting. But kudos to y'all that want to go, y'all want to pay y'all rent and not be able to, you know, have some way to live afterwards and, Y'all want to go out y'all way to get these tickets and y'all want to do all this extra stuff to see a devil worshiper perform? Cool. A mouse didn't fire and a mouse not getting caught in none of this stuff. He, 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 hey. he, he, his PR, his PR uh, agency told him to shut up. You can watch that devil worshiper on YouTube for free. $2,000 to see her do seances and give glory to the devil. Stop, bro. Y'all tripping. <laughs> That's what I'm not putting my money for. Y'all tripping. Heck no.
Can't do it. But that's just me because I stay ready. So if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Bench Mob and TV out. Peace. Mm-hmm.